Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Good morning, everybody. This is Ananda Leak with the Ananda Leak Show. It's been a while, almost a year, I think, since the last time I've been online and hosting a show. This is Digital Citizenship Month. It's the second annual celebration of digital citizenship. And today we have a special interview featuring one of my favorite people. She is a Digital Citizen of the Year for 2014. Her name is Dr. Janet Johnson. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself and where you can find her online because she's an avid user of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and some of the other tools. How are you doing, Janet? I'm doing great. Thanks, Ananda. It's good to have you here. And, Janet, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? I mean, you've got a wonderful background, and I tweeted out your bio for folks. Uh, But just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I started out um, in broadcast news, and, you know, that that is a really stressful job. But it really has led me to where I am today. You know, um, I believe, um, you know, through life you take this journey, and sometimes it leads you to places you didn't really expect. And so I decided to go get my PhD. I have a master's in journalism and I have a PhD in rhetoric, which people go, why do you have a PhD in rhetoric if you're a mass communications girl? And, but rhetoric is where we, uh, where communication really has, you know, it, it was the beginning of communication studies. So I ended up writing a dissertation um, over the 2008 presidential campaign. And my area has always, I've always been interested in the internet and about um, social media. And I just decided, okay, I'm going to study the blogs and how blogs are creating this new presidential campaign platform for candidates. And I studied Obama's, um, Hillary's, and McCain's blogs throughout the 2008 campaign, fell in love with how citizens, how they were talking to citizens and how they were trying to promote and inform without having a middleman, the news, in there. And um, so it led me to what I'm doing today, which is continuing that research. And I'm really excited about 2016. Um, and following that election, which I'm starting to do. So I work at the, I teach emerging media and communications at um, the University of Texas at Dallas. And we just started a brand new school called the School of Arts and Technology and Emerging Communications. So I'm in that brand new school and I'm really excited. I teach um, computer mediated communications where I try to um, 
instilled the same excitement that I have about social media. And I also teach reading media critically where we examine how the media um, influences our lives. Wow. You know, I'm excited about your new school. <laughs> I wish I could come back from classes. I'm an academic at heart. And everybody, one of the ways that um, the Internet has been a blessing in both of our lives is that it's given us an opportunity to attend White House social events. And Janet and I have been able to attend several. And uh, we last saw each other at the State of the Union social in January. And last year when we met at the first State of the Union that we attended, we really formed a bond and really started a dialogue online with some other uh, folks that had attended the White House social. And I got really passionate about sharing my thoughts about digital citizenship, and um, Janet got fired up too. So, Janet, I want you to tell folks what your definition of digital citizenship is because it means something different to everybody. Well, to me, I look at how we interact with, you know, how social media works within the political process. That's my main research. And trying to figure out how citizens can get involved and how government is really talking to us now. This is the first time in history that this has happened. We never had access. I don't know about you, Ananda, but I um, have never been able to reach out to the White House as easily as I have um, during this time. Um, You know, that was just a pipe dream of mine. And now I'm like, I have, I know people at the White House now thanks to social media. And I think that's exciting. And I think being a digital citizen is about making informed responses, not reacting, and understanding um, other people's beliefs, and really creating and fostering a community um, online. So, you know, I really, like you said, we've created this bond and we create connections, and that's what social media allows us to do, and that's being a digital citizen is finding people that, you can agree and agree to disagree with, and but fostering a community of conversation and dialogue. And I think that's what I believe digital citizen is, is that creating this um, dialogic experience that, um, that, that is a part of a bigger conversation. I love what you said. I can't wait to re-listen to this show. It's it's already filled with so many gems of of just juicy digital citizenship that will pop up probably in some blogs that I write later on. I know it's going to pop up for you um, because you're writing a book, right? I, I am. I'm starting a book proposal. Um, I keep saying I'm writing a book, but it has to happen. It has to happen. So I was just now, um, before the show, I was looking at my book proposal to um, talk to you about. And let me pull it up, and I will uh, I will share some what I've been thinking about. But one of the things that I started out um, in my dissertation was my first chapter in my dissertation 
was my favorite chapter I've ever written in grad school, which was the history of technology um, through presidential campaigns. And it's really exciting for me to see how technology has really taken over. I mean, whenever well, I found this one article in a 1920 New York Times, and it was talking about how radio was going to revolutionize presidential campaigns in the political process and bring government to us. If you had replaced the word um, radio with internet, it would have read just as if we had written it today because that's how people were talking about social media in the same respect that people were talking about radio and Hoover, um, Herbert Hoover's uh, election in 1922, I believe, in the 20s. And so... I got to thinking, I'm like, wow, this is, you know, this is exciting stuff. So I traced all through um, trying to find any tidbit about how papers were involved, how radio, how television, you know, who was the first president on television, you know, President McKinley was the first president on film, you know, and they all talked about creating a connection with the citizen. And there was this common thread that I kept finding whenever people started talking about technology within the political process, especially presidential campaigns. And whenever we use technology in a presidential campaign, it usually goes back into the White House and that's, you know, it really can flourish then. Um, I believe, um, I just saw this video with um, Eisenhower and it was NBC introducing color television. And the one thing Eisenhower said was this technology is going to bring um, government to the people. I mean, they were talking about this in the 50s. And like we're talking about it right now with social media. It's just that with social media, we can actually talk directly to, um, more directly to. It's a two-way conversation, not one way. But my book, I want to explore um, I want to give the reader insight into the rhetorical influence that social media has over politics and in journalism in general. And I want to explore the historical, the rhetorical, and the critical aspects um, to how social media influences public opinion and news gathering. And that's, um, and then I have my chapters going through like the history of technology again through a presidential campaigns. I want to explore the history of news. I want to make that a chapter, like how did we get news? How have we developed from one-way to two-way communications? And, and what does that mean? Um, I want to – I wrote this article in 2012 um, about how Mitt Romney was using Twitter. We all knew President Obama rocks at social media in his campaign. and But how was the Republicans – um, going to do better this time because McCain failed. And, you know, you have how are the Republicans doing? And although they weren't as social media active as um, President Obama's campaign, but how is that changing? Is it going to change this year as well? And since Hillary in 2008 wasn't as engaging as she is now, that's really interesting. Like, She's finally getting that engagement. Um, 
and posting and, you know, really reaching out to the citizens for a campaign that she didn't, they didn't do in 2008. And a lot of people told me, um, you know, who are just, didn't realize that social media was going to be a thing. They said, they said, I thought it was just going to be a fad. So if you have that mindset, of course you're not going to flourish. So I want this book to be that rhetoric is not a bad word. I want to make sure that is that, you know, contrary to belief, rhetoric is a useful tool when used with intention and presidential candidates should be using um, rhetoric that is powerful and you can word things to reach people. And I also want to talk about the social civics um, movement that the government has going on and take a look at how, you know, we get invited to the White House and they want us to participate. I mean, I just read a story yesterday that we can take pictures down the White House. So I want to go back, Ananda, and I want us to get a selfie in front of um, the presidential portraits. <laughs> so. Oh. I'm no, excited, I, too. I'm excited, too. I have to just jump in. When I saw the video yeah, of Michelle tearing up the um, the piece of paper about the photos, yes. I was like, okay, I needed this to happen last year, but I'm happy that it's happening this year because we're going back so we can do that. Yeah, I hope I hope we go back, Amanda. I really want to come back. I really want to go back. Um, I, w- I mean, anytime the White House wants me, I'm there. Um, because it's just so fascinating to me. It's, you know, some people will, it's not, it's about the office. And no matter who's in office, we need to, you know, have a respect. And I just think that's a digital citizen too, having respect for, uh, for the White House. And it's just filled with so much history and so much, and, I mean, there's exciting things going on this past week that um, it's kind of exciting to be in D.C. after all, after everything that happened last week. But the one thing I want to talk about in my book and that my ending chapter that I just wanted to briefly um, point out to you is that we're in kind of an information overload. And I want to help people, how can we, how can the audience find the truth to things? And you know, if we can't trust our traditional journalists like Dan Rather and Brian Williams, you know, they were have been caught fabricating stories. Well, social media, how do you um, figure out what's true and what's not whenever, when things get repeated over and over and over, people think it's true. So how can we, um, how can we see Aristotle's truth with a capital T, you know, whenever we're, we keep getting things shown to us that are, you know, truth with a uh, lowercase t. So anyway, so that's, I'm okay. excited about, right, I'm halfway done mm. with my book proposal. And I just contacted um, an editor that is doing a special series with politics and social media. And he said my book would fit in. So I'm going to send it to him. So soon, hopefully, after my trip. <laughs> DC is inspiration for me. It's my muse. Well, I'm excited for you and your efforts, and I can't wait to read 
the book and have you back on and talk about it and and even in the in the process of writing i I know from writing my books that it helps to um sometimes talk about it before it's actually birthed into existence just to kind of get thoughts out there and feedback so you feel free to use this platform. Uh, to to come back to. It's easy to do. You know, the Internet, it's very organic, and you know how I operate. Um, I'm in the flow. I know. Just let me know. So. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I am up for suggestions, and this has, I mean, I this book has morphed into many things, and I have a solid outline that I'm comfortable with now, and but I like to see people's reactions like yours. Like I value your opinion, and I want people to tell me, is this a useful thing, you know, right now? So when I keep hearing yes, I want to read this book, then it makes me more motivated. And like I said, being in D.C., it makes me want to write this book even more. <laughs> you know, it's D.C. is my muse whenever I come here. So all right, especially all right. for my. All right, that's so. awesome. So I am tweeting up a storm some of your um, golden nuggets, that's what I call them, um, that you've been sharing so that it generates a response. I want to say to anybody who may be tuning in, thank you so much for listening. If you want to ask a question, you can um, post those questions in the chat room. I'm happy to be your voice. If you want to tweet those questions, you can do that by going to Twitter. And let me give you the Twitter ID. It's Dig Citizen Month, and I'll spell that. It's D-I-G as in great, C-I-T-I-Z as in zebra, E-N, M as in Mary, O-N-T-H as in happiness. So Dig Citizen Month. You can also use the hashtag for the entire Digital Citizenship Month, which is Dig Citizen Voice. It's D-I-G-C-I-T-I-Z-E-N-V-O-I-C-E. And make sure you spell it right because I've been tweeting and been tweeting fast and have misspelled it. So just be careful. I'll be checking Twitter to see if there's any questions um, because I have a few more for our fabulous guest. Um, Janet, you use social media to express many facets of your life, and you are well-versed in making sure that your thoughts are expressed online, and I know offline. Do you feel like you've got some wisdom to share about how you've been able to use your digital citizen voice in your career and life <laughs> well you know everyone laughs at me they go okay Janet you're like the social media queen it's like put down the phone and I'm like I'm a I'm a big believer in capturing the moment and sharing that moment but I also think that you need to tweet with intention and have something to say and when i try when i when i use social media i try to inform or you know i might like today i think i tweet you know whenever i woke up i'm like great it's been raining in dallas all month of may and part of june and i come to dc and what is it doing it's raining <laughs> so 
you know, things things like that, you know, I think you can still be funny and share your opinion with mundane things, but it has to be valuable. And But I, I like sharing articles that I find. I like um, sharing my research. Um, I find the more intentional I am, the more meaty my tweets are, the more they're shared. The, mo- the more they're shared. Um, and I also, you know, whenever I first got online and started Twitter, I too was, and I was writing my dissertation at the time, and I said, well, what should I tweet about? I mean, what, what's the difference between this and Facebook? And I have to figure it out because I'm teaching computer-mediated communication, so i got to figure this stuff out, and I've got to adopt it. And I finally found the value in Twitter. I made connections with people I never thought I would. I'm sitting there tweeting with the 10 p.m. anchors on our number one news station, and I formed a relationship with the news. Um, I formed a relationship with other professors um, who were reading my tweet, found my tweet about my dissertation. I started getting followed by um, people, politicians who were interested in my research. So. I feel as if I'm doing things right and having getting people to follow me that need to, you know, that I would want to follow. So it's just I was really surprised how social media or Twitter was connected me to people that I should know. Facebook are, is – we already know the people that we are friends with on Facebook. Facebook is who we know. Twitter should be – people we should know. So I I just it's just become such a part of me that if people want to criticize me for um taking pictures of my food, sometimes my food looks pretty <laughs> and I want to take a picture of it and I want to capture that moment. But just don't say this is good. Why did you take the picture of your food? Where did you get that food? I want to know. If it's that delicious, I want to know the recipe or I want to know where you got it and the phone number to the to-go. So, you know, tweet with intention. Make sure your information is there. And, yes, there are limits to what we should share online, but um, I'm not a big fan of promoting a relationship online, but I'm all for I'm a professor, and my job is to teach and to inform, and that's what I try to do in, in my daily practice in social media, and I hope it comes across that way. I think it does. I think it does. I think I love what you said, tweet with intention, and I was just getting ready to finish up a tweet that says tweet with intention as a digital citizen. That sounds like I might be turning this into a quote um, on some crazy cool Canva um, graphic that I'll learn how to create this this coming week because I'm using Digital Citizenship Month to improve my graphic design skills. <laughs> yeah, but, but isn't that the but isn't that what's so much fun about the internet? It's like yeah. we're learning things that we didn't think we would want to know or need to know. Yep. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I'm always interested, what are some of the tools that you use or are planning to use this year as you express your digital citizenship voice? Well, I've I've been playing with Periscope 
live streaming. I think that, you know how Twitter was? Twitter became the 2012. You know, in 2008, I feel like blogs were still predominant in sharing presidential campaign news. Then it became Twitter, when Twitter became more, you know, well-known. 2012 is Twitter. I think 2016, you're going to, we're going to be looking at Periscope. And I need to figure out a usefulness for Periscope. Um, and live streaming. It has to be something that is valuable to get viewers. And I've seen some people really um, do it well. Um, and I've seen people who just sit on their couch and take song recommendations and they can't sing. So it's, how is Periscope going to change this landscape of um, interaction with candidates? And I think that Periscope is where we're going to be looking at this year. So that's I'm paying attention to it. And that I think that's the one tool I want to get down this year to see what's the value of Periscope. I and I'm I'm with you. Oh, go on, ahead. I'm with you on that. I'm trying to figure out how I can use Periscope during Digital Citizenship Month um because I've been sharing it with people, but I haven't done my first one yet. Yeah, I um I've been I play around with it like the other day I'm doing some bathroom renovations and so I've been tweeting it's like I'm thinking I'm on the home garden network and you know I'm like here's my bathroom. Um here's what they did today. Um you know and I of course the people who know me want to see it so they they tune in. But um you know you you have to have something really really interesting um to show um and i think it's really interesting whenever people say i'm on top of the eiffel tower well i want to be on the eiffel tower too with you so it's my it's kind of cool to be able to share those moments with other people who might not ever get a chance to do things like that so i think it's an interesting experiment social experiment actually i'm with you i'm like i'm 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 going to do it, but it's like, okay, it took me, I don't want to take as long as I did with Twitter, um, you know, to join. I want to, yeah. um, I try to, I'm like you, I try to be an early adopter of things so I can um, crash and burn and keep moving. <laughs> and I know. You know, it's just one of those things. So as we wrap this conversation up um, because I want to honor your time. I want to find out from you um, what are three tips that you can just reiterate that folks can use in expressing their digital citizenship voice? Just three tips. Oh, three tips? Well, Mm -hmm. one, I would say stop reacting and start thinking about your reply. And before you hit send, number two is before you hit send, to look at what you say because you can lose your job by the opinion that you have. Um, I really, you know, is it hateful? Is it something that you might regret? Because 
you don't you, you don't want to be out there in social media and you know tweet something and regret it the next day because you're out of a job or you're getting Twitter banned. It's so easy these days. Um, and three, I would say, oh, what would be a good third one? I would, you know, I still think tweet with intention. Tweet with, um, you know, make sure you're, what you're sharing is valuable. Um, I really do think that so many people these days just are reacting and creating all this noise. It's really hard to figure out um, what is true anymore. I just think that if we, you know, let's start having a dialogue. But for three tips is to get yourself out there and be fearless with social media. Don't be afraid to, you know, to tackle this. Um, I tell my students all the time whenever they're, we have these senior capstones that our students do. And most of them will do social media campaigns. But they're afraid to void, to to post. And I said, don't be afraid. If people want to follow you, they will want that information. And so be fearless online as well. But also be wise. So those mm. are my tips. I love that. Be wise. Be fearless. Before you hit send, look at what you write. Stop reacting. Mm-hmm. And then your my favorite is tweet with intention. Yeah, that's that's my motto. That's that's what I tell my students all the time. And I just said tweet with intention, and I really believe in that statement. That if you tweet with intention, that you will gain followers. Mm. Wow. Well. As we wrap this up, I want to say thank you again for always, always supporting me and what I'm trying to do. I do want to check the Twitterverse just to see if we have any questions because you never know with the Twitterverse. It can pop up. You never know. And you don't want to, um, you know, hurt somebody's feelings because you weren't paying attention. Um, since we say that we love social media. So I want to say yeah. to everybody, if you are just tuning in, you're catching the very last moments of a conversation I've been having with Dr. Janet Johnson. She's known as Janet News, J-A-N-E-T as in Tom, N-E-W-S on Twitter and Instagram. And we've been talking about many things. We started talking about her just passion for social media and how she has used that passion to carve out a niche as a professor at the University of Texas at Dallas. And she teaches communication. She dives into social media. She dives into what's happening in the presidential elections. We talked about her book, upcoming book, um, and and everything that is involved with that, and you're going to see highlights of her White House adventures. We talked about how we connected through the White House socials and the amazing work that um, they're doing with social civics and how that will be reflected in her book. And then we talked about just how she expresses her digital citizenship voice 
online, and she was really generous in sharing um, her insights on what's what's bubbling in her social media tool life. And Periscope is one of those things that she's um, experimenting with now and says that the 2016 presidential elections are going to be filled with Periscope, and we're all looking forward to that. And then she graciously shared five tips on how you as a digital citizen can express your digital citizenship voice. And I thought that... um, just having her here um, as she visits D.C. for the 4th of July weekend was just a beautiful thing. And we just want to say, uh, Janet, you can come back anytime that you like. Everybody, make sure that you follow her on Twitter and Instagram. She is uh, a lively poster. You will get a lot of great information and a lot of great dialogue. I know I can't go but a few days without logging in and checking you out. And are there any final words you want to share with our audience? Well, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to help you celebrate um, Digital Citizen Month with you. All right. Well, and thank it was very gracious of you to invite me. Oh, well, you're a digital sister and a digital citizen extraordinaire, so how could I not have you here with us? <laughs> It would just not seem right. Um, I'm sure sure our friends at the White House are going to uh, love all of the shout-outs. I'm sure you will tweet the Chief Digital Officer, Jason, saying you gave him many (laughs) shout-outs. Yes, yes, we'll we'll shout-out to Jason, who follows us both. And he's he's been very gracious to us, hasn't he? He has been very gracious. Us. Yeah. I, and but you have to meet him. I haven't met him yet. So oh, I would love to meet him. It's coming. Your opportunity is coming. Uh just hold tight, I'm sure. And I know that you'll you'll get that special invitation and you will have an opportunity to sit one on one with him. We're affirming it, we're putting it out there. So we're 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 definitely talking about it. And once you start That's talking right. about something, tweet with intention, it will happen. So Well, I fully believe that if you put it out in the universe, good things come back. So They do. They do. Well, again, thank you, Janet. And tell everybody where they can find you before we log off. You can find me on Twitter at, at Janet News. It's the same on Instagram, at Janet News. Um, you can check me out on um, the Emerging Media and Communication page at um, UT Dallas um, website. Um, I'm all over. I also have a blog, um, mediarhetoric.com slash blog. And I try to write um, as the urge, you know, whenever something um, is, I need to write about it, I write about it. So one day I was just worried about Periscope, so I wrote a piece about Periscope. So you'll find lots of different things about politics and news and media. So, all right. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. And again, join us for more Digital Citizenship Month celebrations. Follow us on Twitter at D-I-G, Citizen, C-I-T-I-Z-E-N, Month. We're on Instagram under the same. You can go to our Tumblr blog, which is 
D-I-G-C-I-T-I-Z-E-N, Tumblr.com to find out what's happening. Every day is an adventure, so log on and find out. And we hope that you will take the tips that you get from Janet and you express yourself this month. Have a great one, everybody, and happy 4th of July. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.